Well, grab a seat, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, it is time for Flip and Friends. Of course, my name is Kenneth Davis. I'm your host. Follow me at That's Davis, executive producer of everything, Ryan Bukovsky. Follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski one on Instagram. And of course, our guy Sid the Kid, uh, host of City Sports with Lakina McGee, but also a contributor to We Are Regal Radio. So check his articles out there on the website. Uh, follow him at SidKid80. Uh, kicking it off uh, from CBS News, we have. Um, 45 doing 45. Uh, Bob Woodward uh, got an exclusive interviews in February uh, with one Donald Trump. And Donald Trump basically broke down that, yeah, he was going to sit there and uh, tap down true fears or the true danger of COVID-19. Just breathe the air. That's how it's uh, passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. Uh, it's also more deadly than your... You know, you're even your strenuous flus. This is deadly stuff. Three weeks later, President Trump told the American people a totally different story. It's a little like the regular flu that we have flu shots for. And we'll essentially have a flu shot for this in a fairly quick manner. Then on March 19th, with nearly 200 Americans dead, the president admitted to Woodward in audio obtained by The Washington Post that he deliberately misled the country about the danger. Well, I think, Bob, really, to be honest with you, sure, I want you to I be. wanted to uh, I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. because I don't want to create a panic. Stay calm. Uh, it will go away. You know, it. you know, it is going away. I mean, with this one, I damn sure don't even damn. They don't even want to speak on it because it's kind of just feeding into this BS. Um, I mean, we all kind of knew he was lying when he was lying. I guess the real discussion should be, should have Bob Woodward had posted this stuff back then and with the amount of people perhaps he could have saved uh, compared to, especially when you look at these rallies or hangers where people are social distancing and majority of the people don't have masks. You could have, some of those people maybe, you could have really talked to and you know other people who were on the fringes of thinking that it wasn't as serious and maybe you could have saved their lives. Um, but yeah, to me, it's just like Trump being Trump. If you really believe... If you believe most of the stuff that comes out of his mouth, um, I, I, I wouldn't. And I'm saying that, one, for most politicians, I would be skeptical. But he's been proven to be a bona fide liar before he got into office, and he will be after getting into office. So it's one of those things kind of like low-hanging fruit all the time with uh, Donald Trump. But, I mean, and it, it should be more important. I should be irate. But if you, when you distort reality in the way that this man has been able to distort reality, it's par for the course for me. This shows a perfect example of a leader of the free will being irresponsible to uh, the citizens of the country. Uh, when you're telling your, the citizens of, of the United States of America one thing and another thing is going on behind the scenes, that's just not good leadership. And how can the people that you are leading trust you? Uh, I know those saying goes the truth hurts once, but if you would have told, uh, told the citizens what was going on in the beginning, like you mentioned before, Kim, maybe a whole lot of lives could have been saved. And maybe uh, I'm not going to see you and say maybe a vaccine would have been here soon or not. I, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But this goes to show you that um, most, I'm not going to say all politicians, but most politicians are, are liars. I know they're trying to save themselves and being selfish. But this, this is another example of being selfish and, and Trump playing into his personality, which is really hurting us as a country right now. Mm, understandable. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, Ken, you brought up a lot of good points. That's uh, par for the course for 45, as we kind of know. You know what, by the way, a little side thing with Trump, you know what I think he's like his most funny when he's being his like serious self. Good point. Like in that interview, I love when it's like, Bob, let me be honest with you. If I'm just like, <laughs> sure, I want you to be. <laughs> He has to preface everything, and just when he's talking seriously, it sounds so funny to me. But uh, like you said, the Bob Woodward thing, that's, uh, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, Bob should probably come under fire a little bit here. Like, he has been. People why been wouldn't you? That. Like, why wouldn't you release that earlier? Like, is he just so politically motivated or something that he was saving this for around – election time like that's my one of my thoughts that was one of my thoughts right and you net like i don't care what side you're on if that's your type of journalism that's not a good way of doing it like 
especially when it's life or death we're talking about here, it's not ir- something small. Like, it's ir- irresponsible. Right. It's yeah. not like, I don't know, he didn't shake the hands and he was, like, ill-mannered to the queen. Like, okay, that's one thing. <laughs> Maybe hold on to that to election. But, Stay like, money or death, like, let's go. Tell the people. Right, right, dude. So, again... Um, I think you can't you can't take some shots at Bob Wood. We're also Ryan to piggyback the fact that he gave him that information, and because it's Bob Wood, we're famous for Watergate. Um, he had and he's the president. He's like, man, I gotta get him these interviews, man. And you know, I'm the president. That's what presidents do, right? And it's like, nah, dude, you you dropping too much facts. But the crazy thing is this too: he's dropping facts, and people don't care. I mean, the people. I know. One it's not going to change much yeah, in terms of his base or his yeah, numbers or I mean, his they, following. If they're, they're in it, they're in it. I'll have a... Oh, <laughs> what you a, know, really... Sorry to go ahead, cut you go off. Ahead, go ahead, but go ahead. I was thinking of, you know, what we talked about right before the show with the Bears game tomorrow, that they switched announcers. They're not letting Kenny Albert come from Canada because he's doing the NHL to do this Bears game. He's coming from Canada that's Where? completely controlled this thing. He's in a bubble... Mm-hmm. 24 hours, they haven't had a death in Canada for like right. 24 hours. And so it's like they're worse doing so horribly as a country. And he is at the front of it, him being Trump. And then you hear like this kind of stuff. It's like this dude just doesn't care about the safety of the nation in terms of public health. But that just means nothing. It just means nothing to it. Former, his base, at least. A former coworker of mine, speaking of his base, uh, we were talking um, a couple of days ago, and he was saying how him and his brother tried to convince his mother not to vote for Trump. She, she now her her thoughts, uh, her her method of thinking is the fact that she's a Republican and she votes Republican. Period. But it's still like it's him. Like, come on now, right? Like, even if you're a fiscal conservative, this dude's not a fiscal conservative. Like, he's the, like Republican values, quote unquote. He's really not. He doesn't follow those. Right. But again, the thing was that's who she's going to vote for. I mean, so just think about. What we just played. These people have already made up their minds. They look at mm-hmm. Democrats going to be in charge. All hell's going to break loose. Wow, Republican is, is in charge right now. And all yeah. has broken loose. <laughs> There's all no right. hell going on here. <laughs> right? Like, so, I mean, if you, listen, if, you, if you're a religious person and you don't think that God's trying to send you a message this year, right? If you're, like, if you're re- truly religious and you don't think that this rapture taking place, it's right. to tell you maybe y'all made a mistake almost four years Ten. ago. I, you know what I think it is in the psyche? It's like so much has happened that it's like he gets a pass now because it's like, this is more than anybody else. Like, <laughs> it's not fair to it's judge him. Oh, come right. on. Like, he mishandled everything, but he got everything. Come on. <laughs> That's unfair. Obama didn't get COVID. Obama didn't get COVID. <laughs> They got I feel H- like that works in that psyche. They got H1N1, but uh, yeah, man. So it's people are going to vote for who they're going to vote for. I mean, people that aren't going to vote for them, damn sure aren't going to vote for them. So, yeah. I mean, people... America- it's funny, like, this drops and no one cares because everyone's had their mind made up. It's like, right. Bob, thanks for the old <laughs> news, but I already am or am not voting for this guy. Facts, you know what I'm saying, so... One thing that did pop out moving along, and I got this from News One, an officer with the Clayton County Sheriff's Office has been placed on administrative leave and his investigation is, uh, was underway for what police describe as a video posted on social media involving a deputy using force on a man. Clayton County Sheriff uh, Victor Hero uh, ordered his entire internal affairs unit to come in and begin an investigation, according to a press release. Get a handcuff on this hand over here. 
spread on social media this is alleged i want to be fair to the police officers over there we don't have the video starting in the beginning of it um supposedly he was a passenger he's a lift driver that was in the passenger of a, of a car that was pulled over for a busted taillight the cops asked him for his id he said why i'm a passenger do i need to give you id and that's when they supposedly or allegedly yanked him out of the car and that those actions took place again we don't have uh the beginning of that video so we can't necessarily place full judgment, even though being, being where we're at right now, um, you get triggered easily in these type of situations. Um, I, mean, I guess it's just a little, it's just sad in general. I believe his child was there also. Uh, but again, like I said, we don't have the beginning of that video. And I don't know, sometimes people are, again, I'm not saying this being a black person, that sounds foolish saying this, but I don't know if sometimes people are just putting out part of it so that we can only have a certain narrative to go uh, moving forward. Uh, but it's just still um, shocking. Uh, um, saw it this morning and I didn't really watch it. And um, <clears throat> after watched it, she's like, man, my stomach hurt. And I was, this is when I was going over the show topics that Ryan had sent over and I decided, you know what, let me throw this in, let me watch it first and then let me throw it in there um, so we can sit there and you know, some of the people that watch the show, uh, cause this is, this is Saturday. Well, it happened yesterday, but it's kind of a weekend dump. So perhaps they can, they'll see it and uh, we'll find out more stuff that took place. According to news, one, one uh, officer has been placed on administrative leave is all that we know so far. I don't even know the condition of that young man. Uh, it seemed like he uh, fainted or whatever at one point because he, he, wasn't, he wasn't really moving at the end of it uh, any longer. But it's definitely sad in all accounts. Yeah, it's uh, another example of just seeing I don't know. It just it's it's crazy seeing that stuff because it's like how much of this guy is a threat if he's just a lift passenger and all this because of a license. And I kind of agree with the guy. Like, why do you need to see a license of somebody not driving in a lift? Like, mm -hmm. I don't like giving out my ID to anybody. Like, and when cops ask for it, you know, maybe I would give it up, but I would certainly ask why. Like, especially if you're no a passenger. Reason. Especially yeah. if you're a passenger. If I'm completely uninvolved in the situation, like, there's no reason. Like. I guess you have to kind of figure out the facts if you're the cops, but like, what are we talking about here? This is a easy stop, lift passenger, busted tail light. Like this isn't a, a big crime going on and it's not like there's anything to suspect. And then you just see a guy fainting on the ground. Like it just seems like, how do you get from zero to a hundred like that? Sorry. Yeah. Right. Um, again, it's, 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 it's sad, but Sid, what was your thoughts? I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, I want to wait till all the facts come out, but I'm just going to comment what I saw in the video. First of all, it was just disturbing all parts of the hearing the audio and see, seeing the visual. But like Ryan said, it, it, it looks like the officer is trying to take the law into their own hands. He had to ask the passenger for a license, and that's what ends up happening. You got to be kidding me. Seriously. You got to be kidding me. And uh, it, like it's all, all over a busted uh, tail light. Like, you, like you, um, I think Ryan said, it's got to be something more to this. You have to do that for a busted tail light. That just doesn't make any sense to me. I can understand if uh, the passenger was running away or something like that. Yeah, we get it. But you pulled him out of the car, you damn near ended his life. Uh, just because he didn't refuse to give you a license. Now, he has the right to question why you ask him, him for his license, even though he was not the driver, but it has to come to this. Something, something's just not adding up. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, but just something's just not adding up. I'll say this. Now, if the, if I agree with you, Sid. Something doesn't seem like it's adding up, but let's just go off of what we, we know so far, and you're still right. Let's, let's wait because you can get some more information, and, and it mm -hmm. the officers aren't in a, such a bad light. Uh, with some other information may uh, come out. Uh, one thing, though, I thought about was um, the power. Like, some, when people have power and you just, they feel like you're supposed to listen to everything they say, once you show them that like, I'm not listening to everything they say, 
Some mm-hmm. their first reaction is to attack mm-hmm. you because how dare you establish power? Yeah, I have the yeah. power. You you you're supposed to follow my instructions all the damn time, and it's like no, you work for me. All right. If I'm not breaking the law or there's not something crazy going on and you need to try to redirect me to go in a different direct direction, you need to leave me alone, especially if I have nothing to do with this traffic stop. Right. Like I have nothing to do with traffic stop. But because I'm I'm a young black male or just anybody that you feel should should listen to you because you're the long hand of the law and I don't obey you. You know, something about he's a grown ass man. He's supposed to obey. I don't obey you. Now you got to rough me up somewhat on a lighter note. If I'm ever in a situation like that with the cops and the young lady says to him, I'm, I'm going to call your mama. That is not the first person I want you to call. All right. Yeah, <laughs> ben- Benjamin Crump, I need you to call. Go get, wake up, job, go uh, dig up Johnny Cochran. Yeah. I Where's to- Atticus Finch? Right, dude. I need you. <laughs> I, I, I need you to listen, get the bloods and the, 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 the folks. I need you to call some other people in this type of situation. Right. My mom is not the first person I need to be called in this type of situation. I want to say this crazy thing. I want to say, call some more police. Hopefully, he'll tell you. Something. <laughs> <laughs> Just please don't. My mama is not. That's, that is so I'll take 911 over mama right, right now. Right. I'm getting my ass handed to me. Don't. My mama ain't going to be able to do nothing right now. All right. Please. Please. But uh, yeah, so um, we also have football taking place again. Uh, we had our first game. Uh, we were on uh, the varsity show with Kyle Thursday night, mm-hmm. and I and Champ uh, Joseph Tankley. The Kyle was picking in. He backtracked. Kyle was talking about the, the Texas winning the division. I was like, "What is he talking about?" Right? Like, <laughs> you are not letting that man defend himself right now. Nah, man. Come on, now, nah, nah, dude. <laughs> you know he's. I don't know if you because you you dipped out. You didn't even say bye. You broke out, Ryan. You, oh, my phone. It died. It's like football. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I gave you a, a half a quarter. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. I should have clicked right at kickoff. Okay, Ryan. But uh, one thing that we did also notice during this game was the fact that while the two teams were showing solidarity, the Kansas, few Kansas City fans were allowed into the state, Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, they weren't feeling it necessarily. You know, one thing I'll say this. The first time I heard it, I felt like I heard more booze. And now from now, this is news. I felt like I heard more booze. I heard more scream. I, heard, I thought I heard more cheering in that one. Um, even though, I mean, it's sad to say, and it's, and it's especially when you watch the first take, uh, um, Ryan Clark was really uh, poignant in what he had to say about that and the fact that, you know, if it was breast cancer uh, um, or if it was about uh, people coming back from, from serving in the Army, there was no doubt that people wouldn't boo them whatsoever. But when it's about uh, black people not wanting to get beat up uh, by cops or killed by cops, these people are tone deaf. But yet, as soon as we get through booing, let's watch these blacks play this football. <laughs> right? Like, as soon as you get through that, oh, boy. I, listen, I hate, I hate the fact that they want equal rights. But I love how them monkeys run. Right? I mean, that's basically what they're saying. I hate to say it, but that's basically, oh, or now throw the ball. You know what I'm saying? With these two quarterbacks, they were right there, uh, locked arms right there with Andy Reid. Uh, I, I love you for your sports and entertainment, but when you talk about you want to be treated fairly, I'm, I don't want to hear none of that bullshit. It's basically what those people are saying. And these people, and again, I don't know, some of them may be atheists, which doesn't matter. You should still be a good person. Uh, but these people are spiritual people, quote unquote, but you follow no rules of the Bible, mm-hmm. however as far as what you're supposed to do with your common man or be a good Samaritan. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're choosy. You're a choosy lover with being a good Samaritan, to say the least. But what was your thoughts, Sid? Uh, when I first uh, saw it, uh, I heard about it on social media. You was, was born too? Out. You was born too, Sid? Sid? No, I was not. <laughs> he just, he, Sid, something. he was lifting something at work. He was like, wait, boo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, Sid. <laughs> Ratchet Davis, once again. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sid. I but uh, I, I read about it on social media. And then when I got home, I saw uh, I saw the film, and I, uh, I, I tweeted it out to a couple of our colleagues and friends of the show. I was just shaking my head. I know technically those people have the right to express their opinions, but like, like you say, Ken, uh, if you're not for equality or just people being treated fairly, not just not just based on ethnicity, or just 
based on who you are, and if you are against that, something's wrong with you. I, I just found it just in disbelief. Uh, that's all I had to say about that. Real quick, Ryan. The crazy thing is, this isn't like we're kneeling either, right? I know exactly. Right. No this disrespect just, here, right? This is. It like, wasn't during the anthem. They're holding arms, and you just like no. Right. no. Go ahead, Ryan. Don't touch my J.J. Watt. I, like, it fascinates me with air quotes. Like, you know, fascinate can be, like, a negative thing. Like, you something fascinates you, but you don't really, like, want to spend time thinking about it. Like, that disconnect that you pointed out, Ken, like, you hate black people but you love your black athletes when they're playing the game and in uniform like i just i don't get that i feel like that has to be so taught like as a kid when you're watching a player how can you possibly be like man why can't he be white or like oh i love this guy but man if i see him in public i'm gonna be like screw you right can't stand your black ass yeah, want of fairness. How dare you? I mean, right. I mean, the thing is this too. Like historically, this like this isn't subjective. All right, for three hundred years we were in bondage. For hundred years, you make sure we're not equal, and we're still getting our asses kicked in traffic stops. Right, and you you don't understand. I'm not. We're not even speaking of reparations. We're just talking about being being treated fairly for the people that we pay taxes with our tax dollars. Uh, pay to protect us. That's that's what we're talking about. And you can't hear that. But if this was going on in your neighborhood, let's not act like um, there's not occasionally traffic stops where uh, white people, and we see white people feel uh, uh, disrespected and they just totally eviscerate the, the cop that's doing it. Yeah, you... you feel- and I've seen it firsthand. I'm sure you have. I'm sure it's been you okay. And I've never seen... No, it hasn't been me, but I've okay. seen people do that. I've never seen anybody faint before on the ground. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have. I've definitely... Uh, had some heated traffic stops um, a few times, right? Just a few times. I had some very heated traffic stops because I felt disrespected and I wasn't having it. You know what I'm saying? Now, maybe I was, uh, I should have, I should have been careful. You know what I'm saying? There were times also I was very careful. You know what I'm saying? But um, there's also some times, I remember this one time and it was like a summer where uh, my brother had been with me um, and I had, I had, uh, I don't even know where he was with me, but I had got into it with a cop. And I remember one day, we're, we're a block away from the house. I think I went through a stop sign, right? Well, I didn't, it was a stop and go. And the dicks, the detectives pulled us over. And we had like groceries or something in the car. And my brother is popping. Now I'm like, yes, I'm like, I'm cool officer. One, I did wrong. I know I, I, did, I did a stop and go, basically. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He rolled it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm in the wrong. So I'm, <laughs> I'm in accordance with what the officers are saying. They just, they really trying to look and see if we're a threat in this area. They weren't really, but they're detectives, all right? These are cowboys or whatever, as we call them in, in the hood. And my brother is popping off. And, I'm, and I had to, at one point, the cop is like, you know, tell him. And I had to, I said, dude, shut the fuck up. These are the dicks and they're about to let us go. What the fuck are you doing? Like, there's no reason for you to be doing this right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, just shut the, just really, just shut the fuck up. You know, then they let us go. You know what I'm saying? And again, I was in the wrong, but they were looking for like drugs and criminals. You know what I'm saying? Like once they saw that there was nothing, and I mean, we didn't, they didn't like, I didn't let them search my car, but you know, they flashed in the backseat and shit. Once they saw we weren't up on nothing, they let us, I mean, I've had, again, I'm not trying to, this does by no means make some, what we see with George Floyd and uh, all these, 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 these interactions with cops uh, killing people. I'm not trying to make light of it. I've had a lot of times where I couldn't got in a lot of trouble and cops, black and white, let my ass go. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so. Yeah, I've heard a few of those tales. Yeah, I've had a few. I've had a <laughs> few where my, I could have a spotty ass record. You know what I'm saying? Now, maybe it was, At worst. Yeah, when I was a juvenile, so maybe it would have been expunged. I could have gotten expunged at one point. But yeah, I could have had a couple of things on there where they could have took my ass in. And I mean, you, don't know, you, you see how that can just alter your life. I mean, I have been taken in, but I mean, like, really. In, in, yeah. Yeah, like, really, really locked up, you know. Not like the drunk tank, like, we're going to no, let you yeah, in a exactly, couple minutes. Exactly, exactly. Like, like, so, that, that. Hold that, on to your bags. It'll just be a moment, sir. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that popped up yesterday, the night, I don't want to say anniversary, 
But the 19th year after 9-11, uh, it hit me too because my dad died like three or four months later uh, after 9-11. Um, and it was just like, damn, I'm about to be 20 years away from my dad dying, which is like, damn, that's crazy to think yeah. um, how much time has, has passed and how time just moves on. Time waits for no man, as we already know. Um, so definitely want to sit there and um, share a little bit about um, 9-11. Oh, no, that's not 9-11. I don't actually, I apologize. It was nothing to do. I have no video for 9-11, so please. Uh, so look, I didn't even know if I really want to talk about this because I know next year is going to be like the whole shebango. Maybe, and I don't really want to do this every year. And I hate to say that, uh, especially if you lost somebody in those in those towers or in the plane crashes that, that happened in uh, several other places in the Pentagon. I forgot that, that the field out there, like in Pennsylvania, where those passengers fought the terrorists and brought that plane down instead of, I believe it was heading towards the White House. I, I can't remember uh, necessarily. Uh, I remember I was at SIU. Uh, I was in my apartment um, and my, uh, my roommate's girlfriend had come into the living room. I was watching TV and I usually hit man and remote. So she came in there because sometimes we would get up early and he would stay in bed for a while. She came in and she sat on the couch and I tossed her the road. I said, here you go. Uh, it was Joanna. I was like, here you go. Uh, you know, go ahead and put on what you want to watch. She's going through the television channels and it's, it's, she goes past CNN, but it looks like a movie's on. I said, wait, go back, go back, go back. Right. And I just told her, go watch whatever she wants. I was like, no, no, go back, go back, go back. And we look and uh, that's before, the second plane hit, I believe, you know, and it was like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe what I'm watching right now. You know, it was the most shocking thing outside of this year. That may have been the most shocking thing I've yeah. seen in my lifetime. You know what I'm saying? It's probably Pearl Harbor, you know, all these other events that we've known that are taking place like that. That one was one of the most, I didn't expect that. I remember no planes could fly. Now, mind you, I'm in Southern Illinois, but no planes was flying in here in Chicago because people was afraid because the right. city may have been one of the places they were going to hit. But and it was Sears at the time. You're, you're right, you're right. It still is Sears. Where were you guys Wait, at? question for you, Ken. Did you have class that day at all? I'm sure I did. I, the question is, did I go? I probably because I'm assuming it got canceled. <laughs> Listen, it didn't. Ha- it didn't matter if it got canceled. I wasn't going. Right, like it was. Okay. <laughs> right. I think I think it did get canceled. Listen, I wasn't going to class. That dude. That was like what? Like that was crazy. You know what I'm saying? And then to see, like you, you're watching it. You're not expecting to see the ash. All these people with whatever. Oh yeah, the smoke. People that got cancer from some of that stuff that came out of there, just covered in it. It, it was so. And I, I mean, I know people that were in New York, in Manhattan, that worked in Manhattan at that time, and talked about just how crazy it was uh, the, uh, going on in New York at that time. But where were you guys at? Uh, I'll go with you first, Ryan. Where were you at? I was uh, in middle school in Fox River Grove. Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing was odd about that day at all for me uh, until basically I hit my social studies class because I believe it was called social studies in yes. middle school. yes. And our teacher just basically said, like, we're just going to listen to the radio all day and just put that on. And then I think that's about the time, like, the nation's really tuning in to everything. Like, if you hadn't heard about before, it was like, I want to say almost like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, something like that. It was 9, like, it was around 9 when I think I got up and I saw it. Right, like, it was like you knew if you didn't know at that point and for the rest of the day. And I think we got let out early. I think they decided like, let's just call it a day. And I left around like one o'clock and then just went home and watched CNN for like the first time in my life. Right. That's what turns you on. I know. I think uh, that's one of the things that D said that kind of made him, I think get kind of political was uh, watching that take place. Um, Sydney. It was actually one week before I started broadcasting school. So there's, eerie in one way but i remember that morning i was driving um, my mother uh, to the laundromat we were um, washing clothes and so I, that's when i saw the first tower hit me personally i thought it was an accident but uh, i didn't think of anything at the time the volume was a little bit low at the place so i couldn't get the gist of what was really going on i had to drive home to uh, get something so my mother told me to come back at a certain time to 
fold up the clothes and you know and, and, and drive back home so i said okay so i went back to the house and uh, i started watching something a program that I recorded uh the, the previous day so i started watching that and so i said i'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that those networks are going to stay on whatever happened, happened, which they did, but I still didn't know at the time. Fast forward, when I, when I left the house to go get my mother from the laundromat, that's when I saw the, the planes hit the Pentagon. No one had to tell me that it was a terrorist attack. I, I felt it in my gut. I said, something else is going on here. It wasn't just an accident. And so I started listening to the radio, and then by the time I got to the laundromat, uh, the TVs were turned up, and I found out more of what happened. I just started to get so sad, and I, and I was shot. And, and so I asked my mother, of course, you heard what happened. She's like, yeah. And it was just so shocking and so confused with what was going on. And it was just crazy. I remember going to work later on that day. Uh, work did get done, but it was just quiet, and people – just trying to process of what what happened. And I would just also remember the weather uh, here in Chicago being uh, sunny and clear with it without a cloud in the sky, which was another weird thing. But uh, the the thing for me was just processing what really happened, and not really thinking since you live in here in America that stuff like this would happen on our home soil. You just figure it happens somewhere else in a foreign land or somewhere else. You, you never think that would happen here, but it happened here on uh, on on our land and it's just, it was just really tough to process at that time you know one thing i'm happy you you which i'm happy you said what you said i forgot that part um now looking back on it when the first plane hit it was kind of like oh wait maybe this is just an accident and when the second plane hit it was mm -hmm. like, oh you damn this was an attack uh for sure um and i, I kind of forget that that thought initially, because I think turning on the TV, I think when I turned on the television, the, the the South building had been hit already, I believe, the South building. And I think I was watching it while the second plane hit, perhaps, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's a great point. Um, that's crazy, Sid. Also, I mean, anybody that doesn't know, uh, Sid has lost his mother. Uh, just like I said, my dad died. I always relate that. My dad died like three months, four months later, or three and a half months later. And I mean, um, to think, I've never, I rarely hear you say stories about your mother. So I didn't know she was alive during that time period. Mm -hmm. so that's one of those things where it takes you back to, to almost 20 years from now, you know, the dating us, uh, one of us though was in grade school. <laughs> Middle. <laughs> she was out there working. <laughs> How Suckers. dare you be that young? <laughs> Should I, I learn from the best? I was in social studies, but you learned something that day, didn't you? Uh, I guess I did. Yeah, Mr. Fair. You know what? He taught a good one. Real quick, before we switch topics, um, Ryan, being that young at the time in school, how did what did they do when you went back to school? How did you all talk about it as a class? You know, honestly, I don't really remember. Um, I only remember the day of. I don't remember what it was like the following days after. I don't really think we did too much. I, I'm sure we addressed it, but I, I think it was like, let's try to go back to business as usual as quickly as possible. Mm. And I mean, my middle school, super tiny. I mean, this is a really small school. So we might have just had like opening period, like all the teachers say something to the kids and that might have been it. Uh, I, I don't know if this was during the same fall period or if it was later, but I think this was around the same time as like the DC sniper. Uh, like, cause I think the DC sniper may have been a couple months later. I can't remember for sure, but I, I think it was 2003, I believe. Okay. Okay. But I remember yeah. being in a, like in the class, in the library, I was in the library. Uh, something. I was at my. I was in the library, or I was with one of my my roommate, and I remember we were talking about the DC sniper, and we were like, "Yeah, man, this is crazy. Yeah, you know this ain't us, right?" And this white boy was sitting across from me. He was like, "Yeah, we know it's not y'all." And then when he found out that <laughs> was black, he was like, oh, "How dare!" <laughs> you? I always think about that too. A dark day. <laughs> Yeah, dark, a dark, a dark day. Yes, you know we always look and like, wait, is it us? Is it? Yes, not us. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, dude, that one. Um, 
that that that's something. Uh, and again, bless bless everyone who passed. Bless everyone who was affected. Bless everyone who got sick. Bless the first, uh, the, the best, all the frontline people that that ran in that, that building. Those those cops and those those firemen, those paramedics, man, first responders, man. Blessings on top of blessings. You know what I'm saying? Being heroes, um, doing something. But I saw Kenton had to watch. Um, I forget this young man's name, and I think we've all seen this story. It was a young cat that like used to be in a fire division, and then he became like an accountant or something, and uh, he was on like the 71st floor. And when him and a bunch of people were trying to get out, when the plane hit, maybe the plane hit the North Building first. When the plane hit and how it hit, the wings clipped their floor, and they were trying to get out, and they said that the, it was smoke and everywhere. Some people were hurt, some people were dead. And he got 12 or 13 people out of there, and he kept going back up, and he died. And his parents didn't know where he was at or what took place. And when they heard people describe a red handkerchief, because he was known for having a red handkerchief, and then they sent the, those people pictures, and it, they, they, they said that, yes, that was of his, their son that they took care of him. So just even him, I forget his name, but for all the people, man, that stood up that day, man, because that's something, I mean, I would hope I would do something like that, but you don't know until you've been uh, forced into that type of situation. You know, especially, crazy thing is especially um, while we're all so galvanized and, um, in our own silos right now to just think about like, at that point, it didn't matter if you were a Democrat or a Republican. Um, it was about trying to save life and uh, trying to get people up out of there. And you know, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't matter. And uh, we need to kind of, we need, I, I want to say get back to that, but that wasn't sustained. And we, we need a new standard of uh, being one or growing to be one because it's not going to just happen like in one generation, but we definitely need a, a definitely new standard. Um, still going on with some of the worst things that are going on right now. At least eight people in Oregon, California, and Washington are dead as a result of the devastating wildfires. Uh, 35 fires active and more than 954,000 acres burned in Oregon. And um, I'm going to let this play, and I'm going to add something to this story. He's emerging are just awful. The father uh, racing through flames to get to members of his own family, his 12-year-old son and the boy's grandmother, were later discovered they did not survive and tonight the harrowing new images coming in look at this this is a home near oregon city oregon and keep in mind this image was captured in the middle of the day thousands have been forced from their homes their entire neighborhoods destroyed tonight in california they are setting records more than three million acres now burned and from washington state the story of a toddler who did not survive and the governor of oregon late today with a warning saying quote this will not be a one-time event unfortunately we are feeling the acute impacts of climate change here's our chief national correspondent mac Upman on the fire lines again tonight um so i woke up this morning and uh turned on cnn after being up for a while i don't know if it's Frederica whitfield uh, i believe she has a weekend show and she had the, uh, the great aunt of that young man that they said that they uh, found in there is talking about the father. She told, Frederica asked her, could she tell, the, tell them the details of what took place? And the lady said, yes, I can. She said that, um, forget the young man, I don't, don't want to mess his name up. I knew it earlier when I told after the story. Uh, and I apologize for not remembering his name. She said that the young man, um, his mother woke up and realized the fire was surrounding the house. She got her mother in the car. Her mother broke her leg last week, supposed to have surgery. So the mother couldn't really move. Uh, she got the boy in the car, and she realized they weren't going to be able to make it out in the car. She told the boy to take the dog and run, right? So I, 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 we don't know what happened with the mother from this point, but I think maybe the mother may have ran too. Um, the boy goes back to save his grandmother. Now, on the news this morning, they say he was 13. Um, he goes back to save his grandmother and tries to drive the car and the wheels basically melt. And that's mm. where, that, that was where, you know, they were at when they found them. Um, the dog was in the boy's lap. Um, but this, the thing was the father uh, tried to find a way around the, 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 the blockade and he did find a way. Said he drove past, saw a man that was out there. Uh, I guess he tried to assist the man, uh, the man, I don't know if he touched the man's hand, but the skin came off the man's hands. He kept driving. He saw a woman, they said, the auntie said that it looked like she was in a bikini. The father got out, tried to help the woman. Initially, the woman was fighting against, he felt the woman was fighting against him. 
got the woman in the car. Now, I believe the aunt said her, her feet were burned to the bone and her mouth was black, right? Got the woman in the car and told the woman, listen, I got to keep going towards the fire because I got to save my, my son, my wife and my son. Now, the lady either scribbled or whispered to him, I'm your wife. That's how unrecognizable that lady was to her husband. They wow. didn't know that that was his wife he put in the car with him. Just think about like that. That's dramatic right there. When I when I heard yeah. it, I was blown away because I mean you kind of know the clothes your significant other wears. You know, even if it's bikinis, underwear, whatever. You kind of like that's that's so and so's. You know, those so and so's panties or whatever. And he, he, it, this woman was so unrecognizable that her his her husband did not know he had just put his wife in the car with him. And she's alive right now. She's going to go through a lot. Uh, there's a GoFundMe um, that they put out. Um, but, yeah, this, that, that story, it kind of shocked. It's really rocking me this morning. 13-year-old boy, heroically, going back to save Granny. And, um, man, that's a bad one, man. So for that family, for all those families out there, man, I, I'm, I'm all blessings and energy towards you, man. And, I mean, I hate to say this, and I'm not saying it in a facetious manner, I've always wanted to live in California. Um, mm-hmm. That's always been one of my plans. The reason I, when, reason I did not move to California really was because my father died and I had to take care of my grandmother and my great aunt. And the funny thing, when after first we started talking, we both wanted to, after school, move to California. And now it's like, why? And I mean, I, I would have been in LA and usually this doesn't happen, but it's just like, I mean, I wasn't going to be afraid of earthquakes like that. But when you're talking about, and one key thing, they talked about that governor, climate change, and we know it's never, it's still going to be dry, dry, dry uh, trees and, and kindly around because it's not enough uh, uh, rain uh, on the West Coast like that. And you're going to still have these instances. And this started, of course, we haven't seen the video, but from a gender reveal, some pyrotechnic and a gender reveal caught flame uh, at some party that some people were having. And it caused all this destruction man, and, and, and death. And it's just, it's messed up. man. Yeah, yeah, that. Because they started one of the fires, and I think the fires are converging, so there's multiple going on. But, yeah, it's just getting worse and worse every year for California. I mean, they're just breaking records year by year. And it's been, like, unusually, insanely hot. And then you hear these terrible stories. Like, that does blow my mind, what you just said. Uh, I did hear that also that story of that family. Like, they were... I believe in Washington, I think you hear it in that report where the young baby. Yeah. What? Where, uh, they were basically, uh, I don't know where exactly they were at. They were out by like some kind of river or lake and the fires just rolled on in. Like, I mean, they just come like, like lightning basically. Like they just start ravaging and you only have matter of moments to kind of figure out an exit and get the hell out of there. So, their matter of moments was like, let's get down to the water. And they somehow got there. Like they showed a picture of the truck. It was just completely melted and they survived. The baby did not survive though. They're both like in intensive care because of all the, the burns that they received from it. But basically they were able to just survive just because they got down to the water. That was it. I was thinking when you said that they was by a river, I was like, man, I would get to the water. You got to think burns and all that smoke that baby had to inhale. Like a one-year-old, man. Yeah. I mean, and listen, that's not being um, that's not being irresponsible. That's that. Listen, that is social distancing. It's just you, you, your woman, and your baby, and you want to get out and go camping or whatever, go hiking, and then, like you said, Ryan, it's just it's on you like that, and that's terrible, man. Like, I, I mean, the officials in Oregon they are preparing for what they're calling a mass fatality incident. So this thing is like, basically, I think they're hitting the point where containment ain't a thing. Like, that's kind of over with. Now it's like everybody just has to get out. Like, just go. It sucks, but you just got to go. Like, don't even play around with this thing, you know, because the problem, maybe even worse than a tornado, it's like you almost have more time with a tornado to do something or an earthquake. Like, these fires, it's like once you're trapped, that's it. I mean, then the, f- the flames, the heat, the smoke, like you said. I mean, 
everything just is working against you and you're just matter of moments or you got to like get lucky as all hell. So just get out now. Just get out. One thing you did put in here, Ryan, is uh, the Fresh Prince reunion, uh, celebrating the, the 30 years since the debut of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I used to always do that when, the, when he used to walk to the house. <laughs> I used to get up and do that too. Uh, uh, I would so too, I, to be honest. I, I really enjoyed <laughs> I really enjoyed the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. One of my favorite par- par- people in there was uh, Janet Herbert, the first Anviv, Dark Skin Anviv. Uh, I, I felt like it was never the same without Dark Skin Anviv. It seemed like it seemed like the house wasn't kept to the same standards with white skin. <laughs> she definitely seemed like more of a character than the replacement. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, and I mean, of course, uh, with... Um, was it Daphne Maxwell Reed? And I mean, I loved her husband. Uh, Uncle Phil? No, no, no. Daphne Maxwell Reed's husband um, used to have that show on CBS. Who was Daphne Maxwell Reed's husband, uh, Sid? Isn't it Tim Reed? Yeah, Tim Reed. I used to no, okay, yeah. That, that bar show, whatever. He had like a bar or something on CBS. Like, I, I had an affinity for Tim. Tim Reed seemed like he was a good brother. So I liked mm-hmm. him because that was his wife. Because she used to be on that show too, I think. She used to work in the bar, I believe. Uh, so I, 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 gave, I let her slide because of Tim Reed and because she seemed like she was a nice lady. She seems like she is a nice lady, I would assume. Uh, so, but still, it wasn't the same as what Aunt Viv gave to that show. So mm-hmm. real quick, let's go to uh, The Real because they had uh, Janet Hubbard on there. She, you know, she, she's going to come give her full heartedness as far as how she felt what took place and why she was uh, let go or removed from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air so many years ago. Well, I guess 27 years ago. When you first left yes. the Fresh Prince, yes. um, what happened? That's what we all really want to know. What is your I thought? know, because you know what? You guys have been discussed. It's been discussed for 25 years. It's insane. Um, Janet Hubert was never difficult on that set. Janet Hubert was so professional. It wasn't even funny. I think Will simply needed to win. And I think sometimes when you get caught up in a lie and those things never happened. She never left the set. I never left the set. We got along great. I think he was young and he was inexperienced. And I think he simply had to win. And sometimes when you get caught up in a lie, and I went back to them in 2009 and I said, please, I need you to clear my name. You talked to him directly? I spoke to JL or when my dad died and my brother died and I begged them. I said, I have a family. I need you to tell the world that this stuff didn't happen. And I was waiting and in my heart thinking somebody will come to me one day and help me. But they didn't. Because I've been trained as a young woman as when I was a young woman, you always have your dignity and you don't just go, you know? Mm -hmm. But I realized that that redemption was not going to come unless I did it myself. Mm. Hmm. You know, yeah, that's a big hum. Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm I'm really tired of, um, (laughs) let me put my biases out here. Um, I'm really tired of people coming for Will Smith. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know <laughs> if part only of the me. audience could see our text chain. Right, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? I'm really tired of the disrespect, young Tony. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I'm tired of the, dis- the Will Smith slander. <laughs> uh, but no, listen, if uh, Will Smith was, was being a, a young, uh, impulsive star and did that lady dirty, uh, he should come out and say that. You know what I'm saying? That's not fair. Clearly, it affected her career because she was – She's a really good actress. Like, she, she seemed like she was, a, I mean, watching her, and of course, you, you saw her stuff before The Fresh Prince. She always came off as a classically trained actress. You know what I'm saying? Like, she just wasn't someone just acting. She seemed like someone that was, like, on Broadway and, you know, like, like when she said... Yeah, she, she has a presence, and I feel yeah, like that it, was the difference between the next... Right, on great point, great point, great point. She, she, has, she definitely has a presence. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I felt I liked that presence when you're talking about raising a, 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 a wayward young man that had to move in with you, mm-hmm. your sister's son to move in with you, and, you know what I'm saying, dealing with his dad not being there and trying to be accepted and also trying to acclimate into this, this higher social class, you know, I like that presence uh, at, at, at during, that she had during the show. But, yeah, if, if Will Smith, and again, I, I rep Will Smith, but if he did this lady dirty, he should, I hope he comes out during this reunion that's on uh, HBO Max. Uh, it comes out and basically. Well, sh- Janet will be there. 
Yeah, so, I mean, we saw they had a conversation. But she's not in the picture with the whole cast. See, they got that picture with the whole cast there, except Uncle Phil Fast. And then they got the picture they show with her and Will talking in, like, some stands or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She's there, but she still ain't there. I don't think they let her back into the house. Supposedly <laughs> she can go there. I don't know. I don't know. She can, I don't know if she's in the house. Like, that's the thing. Like, she, it's like you got to stay outside. You can't can't come in. There's only one Aunt Viv in here. So we'll, we'll, maybe that's why they only had the picture with the one. They're like, all right, we can't have two on this. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. Too much. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, definitely- Are you looking forward to that reunion of the Fresh Prince? Um, I guess. I mean, since it's, it's, I mean, it's one of these what reality reunions or whatever. And I forget. Well, okay, let me ask this. Uh-huh. Let's say you know, because I'm not big into the reunion stuff personally. I'm with, you. I'm with you. There's some stuff though that I really like, and I would be potentially interested in a reunion. Is Fresh Prince? Is that one of the tops of reunions that you'd care about, or is it just kind of whatever? I would think it's, it was. It's, it could be one of the tops because that was like that was <laughs> that was central to my life on a Monday. You know that, and then you gotta follow that with some blossom. I don't. We know, hey, blossom. Hey, bro, six. Yes. <laughs> six. You, I know you was young, you know. See, you're on the yeah, blossom six though. <laughs> six, six was like Topanga before Topanga was Topanga. Yes. Oh, yes, know. indeed. And listen, you know the the white lover down here. You know he's <laughs> six dog six. Dude, right, six. We're having connection issues with Sip Me. We were, uh, no, yeah, we, we in the hood, in the hood, we, we bopped with Blossom. All right, we, we watched us at Blossom. Whoa, yeah, we watched, uh, we watched a little bit of Blossom, uh, back in the days, but yeah, and, and particularly because Six was on there, and that was like one of the first times we seen little thick white girls running around when we was, uh, when we were young, and we were, she was older than us thinking about it. So yeah, definitely we were we were into it to say the least. Now you hit me with this, and I had seen the cancel Netflix, and this is from Yahoo Entertainment. Uh, cancel Netflix controversy over the release of Cuties continues to reverberate online. The stream services responded to charges that the French film uh, sexualizes its young female cast. In a statement provided to Variety, a Netflix spokesperson said, "Cuties is a social commentary against sexualization of young children." It's an award-winning film and a powerful story about pressures of young girls face on social media uh, from society more generally growing up. Unfortunately, I'm going to show you uh, some of this uh, stuff from the trailer of Cuties. And, um, you know, I, I feel like uh, Cancel Netflix ain't too bad on this one. I feel like Netflix uh, went, went a bit far, in my opinion. I'm happy right Kelsey's now. not going to be watching this one? Yeah, okay, now get, don't get smacked. Listen, I think there's a way to try to expose, like in reading that statement from Netflix, to try to expose the sexualization that is taking place with young girls and what they're going through and how they're trying to figure themselves out while they're blossoming into young women. But the way that they went about it from how it looks, from that one, that poster, how those little girls are are, are, are so dancing so suggestively and uh, the, the little bit of clothing that they have on, for me as a father, it's a bit much, even if I wasn't a father. Um, yeah, I just think they, I think, I think artistically you can try to expose something. I don't think they necessarily, and I haven't watched this, but from what I've gleaned so far, I don't think they went about it the, the right way. And But I haven't watched it yet. So, and not to say, I don't even think I am going to watch it, but I haven't watched it. So I, I still have to leave, leave a little bit of the judgment out. Is that enough to bring down Netflix? Are the calls of the people correct? Netflix should be brought down? Nothing's breaking down Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, unless, listen, unless... But are they right, Ken? Are they right? I I mean, I I feel, from what what I feel, yeah, somewhat, yes. But I think it's also a slippery slope. It's hard for me to say when you're talking about art. And I know, like... Uh, in the past, people were like, yeah, this is pedophilia, and some people call it art or whatever. Um, I, I think if they were really trying to do what they said they're trying to do, then no, they shouldn't be canceled. Um, even if they kind of went around about it in a haphazard way, uh, I don't, I don't think they're gonna get canceled. But now, I don't, I don't know if they should be necessarily canceled. 
Uh, but if they really, and now if people are saying that uh, they mentioned that this is pure real pedophilia and they're going for the pedophiles, which I don't, I don't necessarily think they are, but I could be wrong. I, I could be naive in some ways or ignorant in some ways, then yeah, they should be canceled. I mean, if they're doing this with, with malicious intent or if it's just that sexual and it's like you're being irresponsible, I think, yes, Ryan, it should be canceled. What do you say? Hmm. Uh, it's an interesting precedent. If it were to be canceled, I'm with you. I don't think it will be. And I guess it does depend. Because, like, yeah, like you said, if it's just a social commentary thing, it might be a good thing. Because, I don't know, I'm not a father, but I'm sick of seeing how sexualized young women's clothing is all the time. Like, uh, I agree with everything when it comes to a woman has right over her body and should be able to wear what she wants and everything like that. But, like, kids like when you sexualize kids it, it, it like affects their development like it changes them a little bit so it's like can we go back to maybe trying to get cute instead of just like oh man we got the sexiest thing ever for a 10 year old like this thing is gonna rock the socks <laughs> off the country that's messed up. like that's what i think they think this is insane Oh, like, no. why does everything have to be so sexualized when it comes to girls, not female, not women, girls and adolescent girl clothing? Well, historically, they've been doing this for a long time. I mean, they think about how young girl ladies used to be when they used to marry them. I mean, oh, yeah. men have been feasting on young women since the dawn of time, basically. And it's just, it, it, this could just be another way of necessarily doing that. Again, I'm not saying it is. Sydney, what are your thoughts? Uh, a couple of things here. I know what today's kids, uh, what the type of sexualization and the twerking and things along like that is in the music, is in the music videos, is in the movies. So from that part, I get it. I'm not saying it's right, but just, that's just what it is today. And thanks to social media, in their face 24-7. My question is, who, what, who is that target audience for that movie? If it's preteens, do you really want them exposed to it? Like I just mentioned, yeah, they get exposed to it already, but do you really want to expose to, to them in that form, or is it for adults? Is if it's for adults, the audience that you're really targeting is they're not really getting to see this film. Maybe I'm missing something here. I don't know, but great point. Great point, Sid. Sid, I would only push back a little when you talk about our preteens watching this, like because you got to remember too, as a preteen, like you want to like dress how you want. You don't care about sexual like. When you're young, you want to look older. You want to be older. And so if someone's going to come with some kind of commentary saying like, hey, this is kind of messed up, they're not going to, I think, listen to it unless it comes in an art form that is like entertaining or something that they want to see. And if it's characters that they relate with, if it's going to be like an infomercial, like they're not going to listen to that. Um, one thing too, I used to hate at like family gatherings uh, how the adults would ask, like, tell my young cousins to dance, and they would do, like, just provocative dances, and I'd be like, why, why are these young girls, what, what is this about? Because that's not happening over here in the Davis household. But she, boy! <laughs> Give it a few years! <laughs> no, nah, I ain't no good shit. Certain things, certain things, listen, not to say, I can't control my daughter. Um, I can't control her. I can make sure that I raise her right. That doesn't mean she may want to do some stuff I don't agree with, but she will be doing it far from my preview, I mean, purview, because um, you never know everything that your kids are doing. My parents didn't know everything that I was doing necessarily, but uh, hell no. We, she not, we ain't going to be in no family gathering. Somebody be like, yeah, Kelsey, go ahead and bust it. Like, okay, I'm going to yeah. bust you. Yeah. So, like, hell no. Like, no. That's like, got to be tough for kids, too. Like, like look at WAP. That came out. Like, everybody, like, that's the in song. That's not some, like, dirty song that you hear as an adult in an adult party or something like that. Yeah. Like, this is the in thing. So right. everyone's seeing the music video, everyone's seeing the dance choreography and they're thinking, Oh, this is fun and whatever. And you know, it is, but it also has a sexualization to it, obviously. So I don't, I don't even play like, for instance, my, if my kid is down here. That isn't coming on or I'm turning it off. I don't even watch as many videos now because now I'm finally aging out. I used to like the young music. A lot of it is just not good right now. And it's been like that for like a year and a half. So it's kind of just like, okay, I can't, it's no, there's nothing, there's no, there's not, for me, it's not 
enough art in it. And everyone wants to sound like everybody else. It's too much everyone wants mm -hmm. to talk about. So I don't listen to but it. But that's also like movies, I feel like. Probably books are the same. I can, I, but I mean, like... but music, music used to be, friend, friend, let me say, hip-hop music until the 2000s was different. You couldn't sound like nobody else. Like in the 90s, in the 80s, you couldn't just bite someone's whole style and do you. You know the only person, weirdly, that got away with that when we were kids? That, and it was, it was so preposterous as Dana Dane doing a Slick Rick impersonation, basically. They went to high school together, I believe. And that's why Dana Dane has an English accent, even though he's from New York or whatever. I know you don't know who Dana Dane is. Don't worry about it, Rock. But no, a lot of people don't know who Dana Dane is. I'm not saying <laughs> Dana Dane. All right, especially if you weren't around in the early early 90s or whatever. Uh, but Dana Dane rapped with the English accent. He's from America because he went to school with Slick Rick. And no one, even though Dana Dane was never like a, a central figure in hip hop, he was more in a way commercial hip hop at that time. And the hip hop wasn't commercial yet. Uh, but still, like you couldn't just rip someone's style like you do now. Like people just auto-tune the same stuff and it's like, I need more variety. There's still art, there's still good music out here, but those artists, they don't put music out, they don't put out enough music for the most part. You know what I'm saying? And also the spotlight isn't shining on them. Uh, but yeah, I still agree with you that it seems like that in more things, but hip hop used to be uniquely, you had to be you. You had to be like from your region, you did, y'all did it like this. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of those things that right now is kind of disheartening, but of course, with everything being uh, one world, something like that was going to happen to something like hip hop. I just wish it was, uh, I just wish it was more, um, uh, I, I wish it was, it was, it was more competition in hip hop. Like it used to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, Oh, I'm with you. I want to be at the top. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't have to be like mm -hmm. fighting or anything, but it's like, I want to be at the top. I'm going to show you why I should be at the top, like stuff like that. You still got those cats out there, but like, I mean, they're aging out. I mean, you got some young cats, some young spitters out there. So let me not be an old head and just say like that. There are some young spitters coming up. I do like Corday and JID, guys like that. But still, I just need, I need more. Well, you know, to your point, I feel like this almost like branches into our like systems that we've created. Like it's almost like everybody feels since the 2000s, all art for every genre has basically declined somewhat. And I think a big part of that is commercialization of everything. And then that's why you see all these studios, labels. I mean, who's ever at the head of putting out movies, books, uh, music, whatever. You know, it's just pump, pump, pump. We got it down to a formula. Like, do the algorithm. You got to sound like this. You got to look like that. And then it just, we got these writers, pump, 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 pump. And, you know, people don't realize, like, art just getting completely rotted out from the inside everyone's just riding the wave and it's like it speaks to the systemicness of things like you just kind of get used to it and then you don't even think about it anymore and that's why it's a problem along with all the other problems that we have yeah it's all about chasing a trend uh, until the money runs dry and like it's going out of style and like you guys have been saying there's no originality to anything anymore and that's what makes it so bland and so so dull I mean, it's funny, like, you think about, like, movie directors, like, the top movie directors are basically the people that are, like, doing unique stuff, and it's, like, maybe five to six of them, and then everybody else is just doing the same stuff. Like, they were talking about this on Dan Patrick. There's been, like, 143 body switch movies. Like, Freaky Friday, like, that kind of concept. There's been 143 of them! How do you need That's that many? Just so, <laughs> before we leave, uh, Ryan, just so you know, this is six right here. Is she six in the photo? She's this, can you see this right here? Yeah, I see a young girl that's six. No, she's not six. <laughs> <laughs> Pervert. Oh, but man. yeah, six used to, okay. we used to have a thing for young six, to say the least. Uh, yeah, Back in the day, six could get it and, uh, from, from the urban community, uh, <laughs> to say the least. So, so, okay. You, you put some so watch Blossom. Put some respect on six name. 
watch uh watch Blossom for the two seasons it was on for six. I can't watch it now because I'm a grown ass man and it'd be nasty to look at six now, even though she's old as me or older. Yeah, what are you talking about? But still, I can't go like that's like me going back like watching. What do you mean? If you were in the show, it'd be like you just watching yourself in the past. No, I'm saying if I watch a if I go and watch an old show that I watched as a kid and I found a young lady attractive, but she wasn't of age, I as a grown should mm. be going back thinking about the lady as a grown ass old man. That's just how I feel. I think you're connecting two wrong bridges here. If you were like, <laughs> eh, you know, six looks good. And you just go to her Instagram and see a grown-ass woman. And it'd that, be listen, okay. I'm not talking about that. Again, you told me to go watch Blossom. You didn't tell no, me. No, no, no. I said I'll watch it. Oh, okay. My bad. I thought you said That's... go watch Blossom. I can't. But then we started talking about your perversion. So let's get into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, uh, we definitely be back with uh, that Davis show this week. Um, gonna Don't know who the guest is going to be. Probably sports-related. We've been doing a lot with uh, – Social justice, and when we lucky Brandon Pope and Ryan got us Stevie Baez, Baez uh, to join us this past week. So keep up the good work, Ryan. Sid, uh, definitely have a good week. Of course, I'm Les Davis. Sid is uh, Sid Canadian. Ryan is Ryan Bisky and Ryan Bisky one on Instagram. Uh, please continue to support us, and uh, please be safe. Is the main thing that we got to ask you, Sydney. We go. We're out. The flip.